Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, brother John. Golly, it's a new year. It's a new season. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Hip hooray. We made it, and here we are getting ready to start a new season. Yeah. How are you doing? You okay? Oh, yeah, I'm feeling fine. And, and Good. Good, good. Okay. Hey, for those who don't know, this is The Bro Show. We're brothers. I'm Jerry. I'm John. Yeah. And uh, we talk about four things. Uh, one thing is we talk about an animal story. And this is a new season. It is the yes. season of what, John? What's the season of? Season of the whale. Oh, I'm so glad to get this off my chest. Out of, it, it, this has been a feel, real problem. You feel good? Now, you feel good? Now those multiple individuals I told secretly about it, they can let it go. They can, they can relax. They can, they can they relax. Can speak. I can relax. They can speak. I held wow. all of them to to the uh, an oath that they wouldn't tell. One of them kind of broke the oath, but that that happens. Was that a blood oath? I have to ask. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Now but there might be some blood involved in the the infraction of the oath. Yeah, the infraction. Thing. We had a leak. We had a leak. We talked about this last week. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go into the details. Now we don't. The, no. the, the leak is behind us. The yes. season is in front of us. Here yes. we are to enjoy the new season. The four things we talk about are an animal story. In this case, it's going to be a whale story. Then we talk about a word that one of us ran into in the last week that we thought was mm. of note. Third thing we talk about is our two takes on something going on, either current events mm. or past or whatever, that we just had to talk about. And then the fourth thing, fourth thing which is one of our most listened to segments, is the groaners. Groaners, the groaners. dad jokes. We have dad jokes. Dad, Two of them. Bad jokes. <laughs> bad dad jokes. Oh, bad dad. <laughs> bad dad. Bad. Okay. Oh boy. I'm ready. Yeah. So, what what t shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing the season of the whale t shirt. www.bro.bro.show. Uh, pretty impressive. I mean, um, this show. This is this is going to be a very very popular shirt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel comfortable wearing it. I feel proud wearing it. Mm. All good. Mm. That is good. And we have a sponsor also, don't we? We have a new sponsor, Save the Whales. Uh, Save the Whales is a uh, non-for-profit uh, organization that is involved in a variety of projects to uh, enhance the, the, the lives of these wonderful mammals. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, with what I would call Whale 101, but just to give some uh, basic information, uh, what makes this really near and dear to the Bro Show is the fact that this is a T-shirt-centric, T-shirt-inspired nonprofit organization. Always the best. Uh, yeah, a, a young lady uh, at the age of 14 read a story about whales in a travel mag and what she's going on the airport. On, the, uh, on an airline, and from that, she decided to to basically uh, make a T-shirt. And from that T-shirt, she sold her T-shirts, and that's what the uh, that started. So by 1977, they had a uh, their name is Marin uh, Maris Seiden and wow. uh, by 1977, she had a non-for-profit. We'll talk a little bit in the future about some of their incredible projects they've done. 
but they mm-hmm. have a real bend for education, particularly children. So this nice, is an organization nice. that has met this, the uh, test of time. In addition, yeah. we always look at their uh, their financials to see if they're not, you know, filling their pockets with administration. And they only have one employee. The founder is uh, is the is the only employee they have, uh, and she takes a very modest salary. So I feel it fits uh, fits our bill. You know, the things yeah. we're looking for: Pro- uh, program benefit driven, uh, solid purpose. And we look forward to talking a little bit more about it in, in future weeks. Cool. Well, so, you know, there's a reason. There's a reason people that, that this story you told. There's a reason that happens is because once people get educated about whales, they realize how Im, how magnificent they are and how they deserve to be preserved, cherished, and their their habitats need to be maintained so that they can thrive and live. They're they, yeah. they're a very interesting animal. You can't, you know. I think we know a little bit about them, but we we need to know more. So what we're going to do is start out with our uh, with just some basic information about whales. I mean, you kind of you kind of say, well, I know about whales. They're mammals, and they're in the water. Well, it's a little bit more than that. Well, that's a, that's a good start, by the way. She just said it's a good start, but we know that whales, have, even though they're in the water, they need to breathe. So this yeah. poses a variety of problems for them because they're not, they don't have gills like fish. They need to pop up every once in a while. Mm. So how does that all work? How are they able to do that? What are the implications? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of implications, actually. Uh, the first thing I think needs to be said, there, there are many types of whales, not like thousands or anything, but there are many distinct families of whales, and a couple of them are, are decidedly different. And so that... That determines a bunch of this other stuff. Uh, there's a whale that can stay, you know, beneath the surface of the water and dive very deeply for 45 minutes, sometimes even an hour. And there mm-hmm. are others who, you know, last a much shorter period of time and they have to come up more frequently and they feed more on the surface. So, you know, it's which whale you're talking about as, as you know, how they do it. And they are very adapted to living in the water. That's what, what they say. Remember in the literature, they say 100% aquatic adapted. In other right. words, they are, they are, they have evolved to live in the water and only in the water. If you take them out of the water, they can breathe, but not for very long because the size of their body is so immense. It weighs down on their rib cage and they can't breathe. Right. Pretty so, amazing. It is. They're unbelievable animals. And, to give you some idea how big they are, the largest whales over over 100 feet long, and yeah, huge, there's a wide right? range of stuff we can talk size, uh, length, uh, how long they live. Uh, there's all you know kinds of implications with respect to it. The range is pretty great because, like you said, there's so many different so many different yeah. types. Yeah, and they're, so. they're, they've evolved to certain habitats, certain. Certain places to feed, certain places to breathe. They're world travelers, most of them. You know, they really get around, and uh, they're they're huge, they're beautiful. Uh, not many people. Re- Here's some. How about some facts? Little known facts. You want to do that? I want to hear a few of these whale facts. Yeah. Here's one that uh, uh, kind of blew my mind. A whale, most whales can swim about thirty miles an hour. Yeah. Realize how fast that is in the water, but. If you watch whales, you know, like on video, go on YouTube and watch whale videos, they don't look like they're moving that fast. But they're so big that it takes very little effort for them to really cruise. And plus, 
they're very streamlined. Even the bulkiest uh, whales, like the humpback whale or something, they can move pretty quick. And then the long, thin ones, like the blue whales and the sperm whales, they can really get ahead of steam going. It's amazing. How about, you know, I could, what amazed me, maybe you can explain it, they have hair. Yeah, whales have yeah. hair. Like, uh, you know, they have like a pompadour, I assume, like I used to when I was a kid. I don't think so, John. <laughs> I don't think they actually have pompadours like you did. Uh, okay. I don't know any mammal who has a pompadour <laughs> like you did. Okay, let's just say that. It requires a lot of witch wax. Let's just say that. Well, yeah, yeah, it's heavy on the wax. Heavy on the wax. Hey, so here's the story on that. They were, uh, they lived on the land. They were mammals. And as you know, many mammals have fur. And they did too. But as they uh, evolved and became more aquatic adapted, they their hair became less and less and less. But they still have vestigial hair, meaning it's not used for anything really, but it's just hair. And they have some of that on their body still. And it's not visible really from any distance. You have to get right up to them to see it. And some whales have more than others. The ones that have evolved over a longer period of time have less. The ones that uh, are Older species of whale have more. Not just that, John. You know, they have back legs. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Right around. I, the I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, they're, they're not yeah. real visible, are they? They're invisible. In fact, they're embedded inside the blubber and the meat ah, of the animal. So you sure. you can't see them, but they are, again, the, the older the species of whale, the larger these vestigial back legs are. Some people think, well, maybe their back legs became that big fin in the back. No, that's not true. That's more like a tail on, on a land mammal. They had they had legs, and they have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, so well, these legs yeah. would be resistance when they're in the the, the water to, to to you know to get some speed up, I and mean, by gradually going away, that'll improve yeah. that. So they kind of well, make sense. yeah. You, yeah, you see, hey. like on iguanas, we talked about them. They put their legs, their back legs back. They keep them out of yeah. the way when they're swimming. Yeah. Hey, you know, one thing, get back to the hair. Do these, Yeah. Uh, are when they get a little bit older, do they get bald like I did? That's that's yet another. I like the way you're trying to, <laughs> you're, you're becoming a whale, kind of. You, you know, you're, you're personifying the whale. And the whale is becoming oh, you. That's, uh, this is yeah. new stuff for me. Yeah, well, let me answer the question for you. No. Give me. Oh, they don't. So, in other words, I thought maybe the younger whales had more hair than the older whales, but it doesn't work that way, then, huh? No. No. Okay. Just thought I'd ask. It's a good question, though. It's a very good question. I would have never thought of that question. Hey, so. is it easy to figure out a, a, a female whale from a male whale? Some of them it is because they're dimorphic. The the females are uh, a different size. And even mm. a slightly different shape than the males. So some of them are, some of them aren't. Some of them are impossible to tell, except you catch them breeding. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That happens. Wow. Very interesting. They, well, they have very sensitive skin. Uh, they are the masters of sound. They use sound in order to find objects and avoid collisions and stuff like that. Their eyes are relative to their size are very small. The largest whale, uh, the largest whale eye is twice the size of a cow's eye. Mm. And a lot of pictures and, and paintings you see of whales show their eyes a lot larger than they actually are to personify them, to make you identify with them. Well, you know, the, the thing is that usually when we take a look at animals and the balance of nature, we're always concerned about 
What are the critters that they have to be worried about, predators that might be out there that are going to hurt them, but they're pretty big, they're pretty fast, they're in the water. So what's the deal? Do they have a predator that's really... They they have one primary predator, and that is the human being. Ooh. Not they were good. hunted. They were hunted during the whaling days, used for whale oil and corsets. They're te- the, the some of the whales have uh, very very uh, weird carotene based teeth that have little furries on them that strain out mm-hmm. krill and shrimp, and those are used for corsets. Uh, they used every part of the whale, just about, and they even sold their teeth, the ones that had teeth. So it was a pretty awful period of time for whales, and it makes me sad to even talk about it. But right. yeah, yeah, that that's the deal. Now, John, I have to say one thing. There is one other animal that doesn't hunt whales the way we do, but does kill whales, and that is, believe it or not, the killer whale. Oh, the orca, the orca actually doesn't eat up a whale. The orca, and this is really distasteful, and I'm only, don't ask me about this in the future because I don't like to talk about it. The orca eats the tongue of certain whales. Oh. They jump in their mouths and they take gouges out of their tongues and then they can't, then the whales can't feed themselves and they die. Oh dear. Well, I'll I tell know. you, the fight of the it's whale, terrible. I mean, we still need the nonprofit organization. Although we yeah. banned the, uh, the hunting of whales, there are so many things that, that humans do that are to the disadvantage of the continuation of this wonderful species. So, yes. uh, We'll talk about that in the future, but this is yep. just to kind of give you the, the the basics, the basic facts about this animal, and it'll be continued. We will have no difficulty coming up with with stories because no. we've already no. got a list that we're working on. This will be a lot of yep. fun, no doubt about it. Yeah, and, for, and informative. I think everybody's going to get smarter about whales. We got a word that's related to whales. Oh, oh, oh really? It's uh, cetacean. Uh, oh. C-E-T-A-C-E-A-N-S, cetaceans. And what this is, it's chiefly marine animals with fully aquatic lifestyle, streamlined body shape, often sized, uh, often large-sized, exclusively uh, carnivorous diet, includes whales, dolphins, and porpoises. So this word is a word I ran into when we're looking for a nonprofit organization. Some nonprofits are set up for the purpose of, of preserving all these different aquatic mammals. And those are, so those that group is called cetaceans. So just yeah. that is the word. I got it from the American Cetacean Society is mm. not where I came up with that. So nice, it's, it's nice. a word that you see in the literature. So as we talk about whales, you're going to find if you did any research on it, you'd run into this word almost immediately. So that's the good yeah, word. Yeah, you would. Yeah, that's a good word. Thank you, John. Hey, hey, we got we've got a two takes topic that uh, is quite a departure yep. from all this talk about uh, whales and cetaceans. But w- why don't we get there? What, yeah, why well, don't you tell us about we, this. How did we run into well, this anyway? I ran into it because I needed to, to up my uh, dress for success, get a little bit more stylish, and I took a look at my blue jeans, which were pretty pathetic. I I decided to take the the cheap route and went to Walmart and got some jeans. And they're so-so, they're not a good fit. So I ended up saying, you know what? Get some style in your life. Get some real blue jeans. Go to Mm. the roots of blue jeans. And going to the roots means where we need to go 
if we need to go to the Levi Strauss and company. So that's where yeah. I ended up going to getting my Levi's at Macy's. And it just made us think, me think about, and we talked a little bit about the fact, it'd be kind of interesting to take a deep dive into Levi Strauss and company, and particularly the jeans and how they were able to get where they are today. So I'll give you a few deets about the company, then you can jump in and talk oh, a little bit okay. about the product. Sure, so sure. we're talking about an organization that starts back with Levi Strauss, who was a German immigrant who came over to the States in the 1850s and resided in San Francisco. This is soon after the gold rush or during the gold rush. And as a result, he was able to start a company. Uh, his family business was dry goods. But he looked at it and said, you know what? The miners, these workers, they need some durable wear, something to wear, pants that are going to hold up. And so yeah. what they did is they came up with that product, which you can talk about later. But what we what we have now is that that company of 1856, as we take a look at it today and look at it through the, the test of time, we find it's a, a company that's got uh, sales of over five, around five billion, a little over five before COVID, a little after uh, post COVID, and we're talking about an organization that is is international. It's uh, blue jeans are sold and their product is sold over 110 companies. Its geographically segments are uh, the United States, Americas, uh, Europe, and Asia. A little over 50% is in the States, are in the Americas, and we've got an, another big segment in Europe. They've and they've got an, uh, their last segment is Asia, which includes the Middle East headquarters mm -hmm. in San Francisco. Brussels, Belgium, and also in Singapore. Uh, Ooh. The, and so they have, but they have expanded. They are still basic uh, apparel. So they're all about right. uh, clothes. And over 50% of their business is with, uh, with the blue jeans, blue denim. But they also have, well, back, you know, when things got a little more casual in terms of uh, what you wear to business, back in the I guess it was maybe the 1980s. They did, they had another company and they started was Dockers, which are sort yeah. of the reinvent the reinventing of of khakis. So they started with yeah. what we would call cashewear that you would wear to to work. Particularly, it starts with you know um, casual Friday, but it's kind of morphed to be yeah. more of our of, of many companies that run with a more casual attire when it relates to, yeah. to coming to work. So that's a little bit. Uh, they've got. Uh, 15,000, 16,000 employees all over the country. They sell through uh, retail. They sell mm -hmm. through their direct-to-consumer stores, outlets. I found out, I didn't realize it, but I've got a, I got a Levi's store like a mile and a half from me on Michigan Avenue. Wow. I think some of their vulnerability as it relates to COVID, this is a, a good example, is the fact that they've only got about 10% of their you know, through e-commerce. So e-commerce right. is probably That's an right. area where they need to kind of to push a little bit, particularly that's the, yeah. way, the wave of the future. But what they've yeah. been able to do is severely protect their brand. They've yes, got they a have. lot of patents, trademarks. They they have a very strong intellectual property legal department that is constantly battling companies that that are copying them. And uh, when you talk, we'll talk a little bit more about the specifics as it relates to blue jeans because that brand they have, they've been able to protect it. And that's, I think, what they feel is their biggest asset. 
the importance of their brand and maintaining yeah. it. So yes. that's a little of the background. Yeah. And the family, you know, has maintained more or less, you know, a heavy control over the company over the years, you know, right. relative a lot to a lot of other companies. You know, I think they started in 1890 or something. And, yeah. uh, you know, they, the, the either direct descendants or indirect descendants of the man, Levi Strauss, who was an immigrant from Germany. Uh, well, they didn't get public Agri- until Bavaria. 1970. So, I mean, they're, yeah. and, and so that just kind of shows you how long. And of course, yep. even though yep. they went public doesn't mean that there's a, 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 a large part of their ownership isn't still family. And, uh, of course, operations too. So yeah, it it it's it stayed that the fam the family uh, influence the importance of the, fa- the of the Strauss family continues to be a a significant part of the operations uh, of the organization. So, well, one of the first things you and I talked about when we talked about this was, and you said, isn't there a band? Oh, there's a band that has blue jeans in the name, and it's it was the Swinging Blue Jeans. Yes, and they re- the they recorded the, they they recorded the Hippie Hippie Shake, which is a pretty good song. Yeah, they just covered Hippie song. Hippie Shake was their big one. It's a '60s group uh, out of England, Liverpool. Uh, I, we we would probably consider the one-hit wonder, but they've been able to to, to continue to exist, so that was kind of cool. But yeah. my getting the blue jeans and actually then taking a good look and comparing the jeans I have yeah. to uh, you know the, to the new ones I got the Levi, it's like night and day, and some of those trade those uh, those significant. Uh, Product differentiation things such as the lace, the the the, the back pocket, and the way they've got yeah. it all stitched is, is an important yeah. key. And then rivets, oh, piece. rivets. That's a big piece rivets. of of yeah, rivets and and also the the rivet button. You know, they they one key characteristic of I think all Levi's is they button at the very top <clears throat> with a a rivet that has a collar on it that becomes a button. So you button the top of your jeans, at least, with that button. Mm-hmm. And then the 501s, you have uh, three other buttons going down, you know, to keep your fly closed. You don't have a zipper. Those are the 501s, the original button fly jeans. And, right. you know, they have, a, they have a very distinctive look. They have a very distinctive fit. The way they're cut in the back, particularly, they're comfortable. They allow you to move around. The reason these got invented was because of the gold rush. There was right. a, a guy, you know, he was trying, he was, a, a, he had clothing and stuff like that. And the wives of these miners were coming and saying, can you make us some, some clothing that these guys can wear while they're mining? Because these other clothes, they just get ripped up. They're too flimsy. Right. And, and he went after this certain kind of canvas called duck canvas that is right. extremely tight weave and pretty substantial. It's not so thick that you can't wear it, but it's thick to keep you from, you know, minor spills and, and abrasions and stuff like that aren't going to get through and cut your legs and what have you. So that's how they got invented. They weren't even blue. They were kind of rust colored. Right. And, yeah. And and so these evolved into being uh, into denim from duck canvas, right. which is a slightly, you know, uh, lighter uh, fabric. But the same characteristics, tight weave. Uh, will take a lot of spills and abrasions and stuff like that, so you can work in them. And then by the 1930s, you know, it, it started spreading. There was the dude ranch phenomenon that took place during that. The people in the right. East Coast started slumming over into the West and doing all that stuff. And they saw the blue jeans and they brought them back home. They started spreading like wildfire. And by the 50s, right. you know, kids everywhere were wearing blue jeans, like you and me. 
culture has played a big role in terms of the development of this product and the and the increase in the revenue streams. Uh, you mentioned the fact that when we take back and we think of work uh, as the primary place to wear jeans, and then what we do is we motivate to it, leisure. So you wear yeah. them not only with, well, that's where the denim really takes off. Yeah. And the thing about the culture in the in the fifties is kids. It's almost like uh, you know when you think about it, it. Even you know when you take a look at a, a, a movie like West Side Story with the gangs, it's like they wear blue jeans. So, yep. you know, it, it's so each culture seems to have, have kind of been given an impetus to the development of this. The You mentioned the number 501. There is a series of numbers, which, of course, with the different styles. And yep. that's one thing Levi has done a good job. And that is as people have different needs with respect to and in, in taste and fashion, it's able to take that utility and create it to the fashion where so we could have tapered. We could have relaxed jeans. We could have ones with the uh, the, the stovepipe, uh, traditional yeah, ones. Yeah, straight legs, boot straight cut. Straight legs, a little, little bell, uh, you know, a flare on the on some yeah. of them. Um, yeah. So they've done all that. Yeah. And so they got these series of 50s that they, uh, the 505s and 509s. Now, the most 515, of 515, 517, too. They, have all, yeah, they all go way up there. Yeah. And. The, the, there's a when you take a look at the actual percentage, 60 percent, 65 percent of the uh, product is sold to males. 65 uh, percent of their product is denim, as uh, the blue jeans themselves. They have done a good job. They've got Dockers is, is, is second, and they've done a good job of licensing the Levi to then maybe have other forms of apparel or accessories related. So yeah. uh, that's the way they've they've kind of been able to expand. So also they're they're, they're environmentally a nice company too. They figured out ways to make denim without using water because it used a lot of water. The process of making denim and they they now use lasers and all kinds of fancy stuff to keep the environment safe. They're into sustainability. That's a big piece yeah. of it. They're uh, so that that's that's been an important role. We do need to mention, however. Just for the, mm. the, the purpose of transparency, that the, all of the U.S. Uh, manufacturing plants, except they've revived a couple for special, uh, are overseas. So yeah. uh, they've they've had to weather a few storms as they've done that because when you end up taking things overseas, you got to take a real careful look to make sure that that the the conditions of the factories that are there are all up to snuff. You don't want to get in any trouble. With respect to having poor working conditions and you know having ten year old kids uh, yeah. working yeah, you in, your, in your factory, so uh, they've 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 done. A, unfortunately, they've had a few bump of bumps in the road, but they've learned from them, and I think they've done a good job of making sure things are on the straight and narrow uh, as it relates to those operations which are which are overseas. So. Well, if if you know in the, this day of isolation and COVID and all this other stuff, you know what. It, yeah, there's comfort food, right? Everybody knows about comfort food, muffins and cornbread and, you know, whatever. But I think blue jeans, a good pair of Levi's is like comfort clothes. Yes, you comfort wear them. clothes. Yeah, they can comfort you. You feel better. You, you look at a pair of blue jeans and you think, oh, yeah, I remember when I was a caddy and I wore a pair of 501s. That was really cool. And you know, and yeah, and I'm hiking. We oh, and it brings back memories. They're nostalgic, and they're comfortable, right. and they give you comfort. So, 
Hey, don't I'm despair. Here. I'm don't despair. It. I'm living it. Don't I'm despair. Here. Get a pair of blue jeans, right? I agree. I, I, I'm, you know, we're pitching it pretty hard, but I, I'm, I really hey. enjoy the ones I hey. got. I had, and it, it's a trip back for me. I haven't done it in a while. Gotten some really solid ones, and uh, you know, we take care of usually thinking of the, the t-shirts. We take about the, the ups, the, the upper portion of our body. And you know what? We need is something to comfort to complement it. And I think the Levi's do the job. You're here. What do you think? You got a couple of groaners for us? Close it up. I've got some groaners. Uh, do I have groaners? Uh, I've got two groaners. Uh, our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred hmm? to as the coach. The coach. And the coach has delivered. He has delivered two. And we're going to get started. And here's the first one. What do you call a carnivorous dinosaur from Ontario? What do you call a carnivorous <laughs> dinosaur from Ontario? <laughs> this My is a very odd species, by the way. <laughs> wow, I would say so. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> a Torontosaurus. Rex. Oh, that is very good. I like that. I like that. I like that. Well, that's a good hey, we're gonna, now what we're going to do is we're going to hit the whales. Let's go for okay. whale, a whale growner right. here. All right. What do you call a large musical group of killer whales? What do you call a large musical group of killer whales? I don't know. Orchestra. Oh. Oh. Two in a row, John. You're on a roll. Yeah. All good. 